Welcome to Politics and Psychology. I'm Dr. Renee Carr, and I am a political and corporate advisor, and I apply the science of psychology to help elected officials make decisions, legislation, or communicate about social issues in our country. And I was not here last week or the week before because I had COVID, which I'm still not even sure how I obtained it. But um, last week I was going to come on, but I just could not stop coughing. And I thought that would really not be appealing to your ears. So I do have a little bit of a cough today and still a tiny bit of like the grogginess, but this is a very important message and I still hope that my voice is okay enough for you to still listen the whole way through. So thank you for listening and thank you for being patient during my absence. Today we are talking about AI pedophiles. So that's AI for artificial intelligence. Now this is a kind of techie, nerdy uh, conversation in the beginning, only so I can explain to you how artificial intelligence is being used to create child sexual pornography. So let's start with the technology issues and I'll make it as simple as I can understand it because I'm not a techie person. Um, So I'll do that and then we'll go into how it happens. So when you think of artificial intelligence, it's exactly how it sounds. Artificial meaning not real and intelligence meaning something with cognitive or thinking and decision-making and learning ability. So artificial because it appears as if computers are able to think, to learn, and to make decisions. But the way that this happens is only about numbers and basically zero or one. And let's give a more recent example of how this is impacting your life. So have you heard of the Music Genome Project? It was created in 2001 and it's the most sophisticated taxonomy or organization of musical information that's ever been collected in a digital format. And so what they do is they use technology or artificial intelligence to instantly create customized musical playlists for you. And the way that they're able to customize this is with the AI. And the AI is based off of, again, the number zero and one. And to create this database, (coughs) excuse me, they would analyze every song using professional musicians. They would take every song and analyze it for over 400 attributes, meaning does it have trumpets? Is it an upbeat? Is it a low beat? Is it a soprano? Is it a female alto? Or is it a baritone from a male? Is it a boy group? So they put all of these different variables and assigning a zero or a one to that variable and then making that a calculation so that they can then instantly pull up any song that has all of these characteristics or all of these traits within that song. So when you put in, for example, children's party songs, if you put that in, every song that has been analyzed by the professional musicians to have either an element or all of the elements related to a child party song, then that's how they're able to instantly create those playlists for you. Then when you listen to the playlist for every song that you give a thumb up to, 
it then takes that as a further defining um, element of how it could then give you more songs that match all the songs that you like that or you put the thumbs up to and give you less of all the songs that you put a thumbs down to or did not click like on. And so it further refines your playlist based off of their initial categorization of a song by measuring it according to over 400 elements and then your input of whether you're giving it a thumbs down, a, a thumbs up, or how long you listen to the song. So when you add these two components together, you have the beginning understanding of algorithms. So an algorithm is a procedure, <coughs> excuse me, a procedure for solving a computation. And a computation is a mathematical calculation. So remember that when we were looking at the Music Genome Project and every song was analyzed according to the different parts of that song, and it was given a zero or a one for each characteristic um, trait of that song. So those are math, those are numbers. And so an algorithm is just using numbers that have been assigned to a particular um, trait or variable characteristic or component of anything that it's measuring. But when you have that computation, the algorithm is not only the calculation, but it's the procedure or the exact list of instructions for how to solve that mathematical calculation. And these are called algorithm rules, meaning you only can solve how to find children party songs by having songs that meet all of these zero or one characteristics embedded in this song at least 50% of the time. So that's an easy way to explain it. <clears throat> Similarly, you know I love to bake. <clears throat> so if I were to look up on um, allrecipes.com, if I were to look up chocolate chip, chocolate chip cookie recipes, then it would then give me all recipes within the allrecipes.com website that have chocolate chip cookie as one of the components. And it may even just have just chocolate chip. So then I may see some recipes that are chocolate chip cookies, or I may see some that are chocolate chip muffins. So then to further, further refine it, <clears throat> if I'm clicking or only reading on those that actually have chocolate chip cookies, it will then give me less of the chocolate chip muffins and more of the chocolate chip cookies. And if I only click on ones that say chewy chocolate chip cookies, that it'll then give me even more refined data. And so the algorithm will then be the computer's internal instructions on how to calculate the organization or the combination of zeros and ones specifically assigned to the chocolate chip recipes and chocolate chip cookie recipes that I'm looking for. And it's the specific or the exact list of instructions. And so for the algorithm, it has to start with an input. And the input is then added to the content that has already been <clears throat> calculated or assigned different variables of zeros or ones. So in this instance, the input would be me putting in chocolate chip cookies in the browser or chocolate chip cookies soft or chewy 
would be the input of what I am putting into the search. And then it would then use its procedure, which is another higher uh, technological sequence that I couldn't even begin to explain. But it would then go into a higher sequence of mathematical calculations to then extract and identify all the other recipes that then have that unique combination of whatever variables related to the chocolate chip cookie recipes. The same would happen back to the Music Genome Project. If you put in your input of children's party songs and the children's party songs were then um, categorized according to how Pandora has classified them, or I can then give back to you a customized list <clears throat> of songs that you are interested in and songs that you prefer. And this is how the algorithms and the artificial intelligence are being used to create customized child pornography playlists for pedophiles, specifically generative AI or generative, like it's generating images or generating content. Generative AI is being used by pedophiles to either create cartoons, realistic images, or to alter images of real children to make them into pornography. <clears throat> now, the way that it's classified when we're doing a scientific examination or analysis of the child pornography on the internet, the term is child sexual abuse material, or CSAM. And that's what you will see in the research reports or scholarly articles. And the way that Generative AI is producing child sexual abuse material is through a process called machine learning. And again, similar to artificial intelligence, it's implying that the machine is learning, <clears throat> but it's not again, it's not learning. It's just able to quickly make mathematical calculations to identify content as well as trends and patterns in that content or that digital content on a higher level, then the machine learning will then take that content and use multiple algorithms to then create decision trees, meaning, well, if it does this, then this, if it does this, then this, or if it's yes, then do this, if it's no, then do that. And if that no is a yes, then this, and it continues so quickly that it appears as if it's not only recognizing information digitally, but it's then reviewing that information based off of its mathematical variables. And then it's able to then make decisions off of what it has reviewed. So it appears as if it's learning because it's taking information and then being able to make an outcome or make a decision. It can also make predictions. So if you put in your search engine, purple shoes, but you have previously put input that you also preferred pointed shoes or shiny shoes, it will then predict that this person is going to like purple shoes that are pointed and shiny. And therefore it will predict what you like and then create that customized shopping list of images or links that are as closely as possible related to not only your current input, but previous input. This is also how Netflix, Hulu, or other entertainment platforms 
are able to give you movie recommendations because it's mathematically calculating and predicting what you like to watch using the algorithms. This brings us to the watching of child pornography or the child sexual abuse material. When we have generative AI, the machine is learning that the pedophile likes to watch specific sexual acts. In addition, he likes to watch these specific sexual acts with a particular type of human, and this human is then a child, and it may have brown hair, or it may be of a certain age, or it may be with a particular other type of physical feature. So the generative AI will then not only produce images of what that pedophile likes to watch for CSAM, but it then may even create its own CSAM for that end user, which would be the pedophile in this instance, of what that person would like to see and like to watch. And just like the algorithms can quickly give us song preferences, movie recommendations, or chocolate chip cookie recipes, over a thousand in less than half of a second, it does the same thing for the CSAM, again, the child sexual abuse material, CSAM. And it gives them many images at once of a particular type that they prefer of abuse. And their speed of their computer is the only thing that will limit how fast they are able to access or pull down that customized list of CSAM. But what we're seeing at a higher frequency is not only the pedophiles downloading current CSAM, but them also using AI to generate CSAM. One way is by using text to image AI. So they use text or they type in, they input the text that they want to see for the CSAM. And then the artificial intelligence will then generate the image. This is the text-to-image. They'll then generate that CSAM image based off the text of the specifics that the pedophile was entering into that it wanted or that he wanted to see. Or the pedophile will use AI to generate CSAM of real children or pictures on the internet of children and then altering those images to then create his customized images. And they can do this by legally downloading the editing software that anyone can get from the office supply store or even on Amazon. So they'll download the editing software. They will then combine that editing software with additional AI software, such as age reversal apps. They also have nudify apps or undressing apps. And so they can take a child and then put that child regular picture off of the internet or someone that you may have posted on Facebook, take that image of a child and then using additional software alter it to either cut out other people in that picture or to then take the face of that child, put it on an already CSAM produced image of a child to create a specific sexual scene or to create a particular sexual image. 
once that image has been created, the AI will then have the algorithms of not only what that pedophile prefers sexually, but also will then, through generative AI, create content specifically catered to the deviant sexual preferences of the pedophile, meaning if that person prefers toddlers over 15-year-old girls, it will only generate images of toddlers who are the content focus of CSAM. The generative AI CSAM is not only for images that have been created based off of pictures readily available on the internet, but the AI is also being used to take real people, whether it's real children who are models in magazines that are also on the internet, or the faces of children who are on social media posts, but also taking pictures of famous celebrities or famous celebrity children and using the software to reverse their age, make them appear to be younger, and then create CSAM based off of those images. They are also able to use AI just by going and using their iPhone and going by a school, a park, any place where children are, taking pictures of those children and then using those real images of real children and then going home and altering them through the power of AI to then further create CSAM. This has become such a high demand that there was a recent study by, (coughs) excuse me, by the Stanford Internet Observatory Cyber Policy Center. And they found that in September 2023 alone, there were over 20,254 AI altered CSAM photos in just one month that had been uploaded to a dark web CSAM website. So it's happening often and it's happening so easy because the person only has to do the input for the CSAM algorithm just once and then the AI will then take over and then generate on its own images to match the CSAM. This is very harmful because often the beginning of that input are real images of real children who have been victims of sexual abuse. And then having those images, whether it's through child pornography websites or personal collections of child sexual abuse, to then generate or collect other CSAM. And this collection of pictures just like when we had the collection of songs for the Music Genome Project, this collection of CSAM pictures then becomes a new data set. And then when the software, the AI software, is then trained on just that particular set of information, that data set, because it only has CSAM in it, it will then become more accurate and more realistic in the creation of CSAM images that it is producing on its own, as well as faster in identifying similar pictures on the web in general, as well as in the dark web. In addition to the um, pedophiles not only sharing their data sets, then they are using it to sell their data sets. So that other end users can then 
take the content of CSAM generated data sets that are already there, buy it, and then add in their own tweaks to make it more specific to their um, deviant liking sexually. When you have chat GPT, this also uses generative AI and a lot of the CSAM is found in there. But for pedophiles who don't want to do the internet searches on their own or have the technology skills to use the generative AI to create their own uh, data set, <clears throat> a collection of CSAM, then they are just buying monthly subscriptions and uh, the pedophiles are selling them either to individual clients as curated or boutique specialized um, image creation services that they're advertising, or they have monthly subscriptions where each month the group of everyone who was on that email list will then have that um, CSAM content that's specified for just that month. So not only is it harmful because real children are the foundation of where the CSAM is, but often if a particular child um, in a real abuse scene has many likes, again, the input, or many uses or many views, then that particular image of the CSAM of that real child then causes that child to not have been victimized just once through the real act of the abuse, but to then also have pedophiles repeatedly using this image that was captured and then either altering it to make that child, although it is digitally, but that child's essence, that child's being is still being exploited in a sexual way, whether it was a real scene, but then others enjoying and reliving and recreating that scene over and over again for their own sexual satisfaction. They also, when you are looking at the AI use of generative AI, People have been using deep fake, which is altering images of people, like I mentioned, the celebrities, to not only be younger through the age reversal apps, but to also appear to be engaging in the act of sexual abuse to children. So they are altering the person's face and their body, putting it onto a picture of a real pedophile, of a real child abuse victim, or a AI-generated victim and making it appear as if that celebrity really did engage in this act of child sexual abuse. But whether the pictures are real or AI generated, the machines, although it's labeled artificial intelligence, although it's labeled machine learning, the machines do not in fact actually have intelligence, nor do they have true cognitive ability, nor human compassion to recognize this is a child in, um, engaging in or being engaged in an act of sexual abuse. But the individuals who are responsible for inputting that data or allowing that data to continue are those who are creating the AI or who are creating platforms that use the AI. And this is the reason why <clears throat> in America in January 2024, we had the Senate Judiciary hearings, and they were hold, they were being held specifically to hear the testimony from the social media CEOs for 
Discord, Meta, Snap, TikTok, and X, or formerly known as Twitter, because there is a high level of CSAM that is on those social media platforms. And the only warning that they give is a initial veiled image <coughs> that will say this contains or this may contain child pictures or pictures of child sexual abuse. Do you want to continue? And if you click on yes, then you will just go ahead and still be given the information. So if the humans are able to even put that query or that question in to let you know this is a warning that it may be child sexual abuse material, the humans who are allowing that input to not only be there, but for the AI to give the warning that this is what the content um, is, then the humans are the ones who are responsible for saying, oh, well, then do you want to still see it? What they should be doing is once it's even tagged by AI as being CSAM, is they should immediately delete it as well as if they're able to <clears throat> track the IP address of from where that CSAM came from, but they're not doing it. <clears throat> and the reason why they're not doing it is because many corporations, including social media corporations, they do not care about their users, their customers, or their, um, their buyers. They care more about their profit. And if it's their profit, which is their money that they're more concerned of, even when they are given information that their products or services are causing psychological or sexual trauma of children, by them knowingly keeping that content there so that they can generate ad revenue is a further exploitation of either real children that are being the content of the CSAM, whether it's generated or not, whether it's edited or not, but also making any child vulnerable to CSAM because just their picture alone can be taken and then altered using AI and the social media platforms, then not doing anything about it, nor the technology platforms such as ChatGPT not doing anything about it because again, their concern is more of revenue rather than child safety or online child safety. So what can you do? What can we do? <clears throat> well, the first would be to recognize that these larger technology companies and the social media companies care more about their revenue than they care about children. So vote for legislation that will make the companies accountable for allowing CSAM, whether it's AI generated or not, but for allowing CSAM to be on their platforms, then they are already having the data of CSAM tagged. Make them responsible by if they do not tag and then remove the CSAM, that they will have a financial penalty to pay. So vote for politicians who are supporting that type of legislation, as well as vote for the implementation of that legislation so that they can be held accountable. In addition, try to avoid using face filters or beauty filters on pictures that also include your children, because once it's in a face filter, that's AI. So that picture will then be connected to 
other AI editing software that can be exploited for the benefit of CSAM. You can also contact your state level politicians and tell them that you will not vote for them if they do not support bills that are aimed at protecting children online. And the two that you can mention are the Earn It Act and the Kids Online Safety Act. So the Earn It Act is what I was just kind of referencing, <clears throat> where it creates an opportunity for a legal action to be taken against the internet service providers or the ISPs if they have the advertising, the promotion, the presentation, the distribution, meaning sending it out to other people's feeds and social media, or the solicitation, meaning allow people to ask for CSAM. So it creates an opportunity if you vote for the Earn and Act, it creates an opportunity for legal ramifications to be held against the internet service providers if they advertise, promote, or present, or allow for people to request and sell CSAM on their platforms. And this will help provide survivors with a way to also get protection from the internet service providers if their image of when they were being abused was not only put on the internet, but allowed to be put on the internet or on that platform and then allowed to be used as content for AI generated um, CSAM. And you can also vote for requiring all generative AI to include effective child online safety measures, meaning it must include safety measures to tag and remove any CSAM that it sees on its platform or through any of the inputs for that generative AI platform. And if you are a technology developer, you can also use your skills and expertise to help keep children safe by just understanding that your tools, although you might have meant them for good, not everyone has a good heart or good intentions, and they can use the tools that you created for good to cause psychological and sexual harm to children. So be mindful of that and then proactively put in measures to help not allow your information or your tools to be exploited to then further exploit children. Well, that ends our time for today. And I'm so grateful I was able to get through it because my throat is hurting, but I did not want to not be able to be on here today because this is such a very important topic. And I want not only your children to be safe, but other children in this world to be safe. And that only comes from holding accountable the individuals who are caring not about keeping children safe, whether it's online or in real life. So I thank you for listening. I thank you for your patience with my coughing. And please remember that this is an important conversation and that it's also very important for us to communicate and share with others. And when you do share this conversation, remember to do so using science and... 